Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, episode 26. I'm joined by Jack Davies. How are we doing, man? Um, not the best, but not as bad as the other day. Yeah, this pod is just Jack and me on it. We're going to probably have, I know, perhaps a more intimate discussion about the current situation at Chelsea. So it is a slightly different format to like the previous episodes, but hopefully one where people enjoy nonetheless, and hopefully we can try and provide a perhaps more level-headed balanced view than maybe some of the reactionary takes you'll see else where right Chelsea started off Boxing Day losing to Arsenal um, I really don't want to spend long on this because it was atrocious it was the lowest point for me under Frank I thought I mean Sheffield United last season was grim like awful but we got bailed out by the fact that Bournemouth went and thumped Leicester 4-1 so in the end nothing actually changed um, but Arsenal that hurt a lot, man. That hurt me a lot. It was a shocking Arsenal team. We had a pretty, yeah. full, pretty strong team, and Arsenal wanted it more. That's what hurt me most, Jack. Arsenal wanted that yeah, game more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just, I think it's just bringing the young blood in and them wanting to prove to Arteta that they're better than the likes of Willian, who's been playing every week and not really had anyone seemingly challenge him because Arteta just keeps selecting him even though he's having poor performances. It just goes down to that at the end of the day in that game. They wanted it more than us and to be honest, I don't think as a manager that's something you should have to drill into your players. That's something that should be, that's just something that should be within you already. You should have that grit and determination to want to go out every week and play to the best of your ability and I didn't see that from many players at all to be honest I thought Callum had a good game when he came on 
Um, Pulisic was all right in bits, but other than that, um, it was just, yeah, a horrible performance to watch. I think I called it before the game, said to you boys, saw that graphic come up on Sky Sports with their last 10, seeing all these big L's just going straight down the list and just said, you can just, you can just see it's going to happen, can't you? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was horrible, horrible to watch. Um, but you've, in a way, you've got to look at it and just go, yeah, we were absolutely shocking, but look at the goals they scored. I mean, a penalty, which I agree is not a penalty. VAR should have overturned it, but that's poor from Reese. It's so naive just diving in like that. Um, he's got the wrong side of him and at that point you've just got to uh, almost like swallow your pride and just let him cross it in and hope Thiago Silva or Zoom is there to sweep it out um, yeah I can't remember what I was going to say now it's gone out of my head <laughs> yeah obviously that was 1-0 uh, 2-0 Granite Xhaka takes yeah. a free kick and puts it top bins I mean like when that goes can't in you know, you know it's not yeah. your day and then the third goal, Bakaya Saka um, yeah. just like crosses the ball and it goes in. Like, ugh. Yeah. it was yeah. it was grim. Like, I really don't want to spend too long. And I, you know, we got a goal back late on. Callum, good cross. Tammy's just in the right place. Mm-hmm. Chests it in, three one. Mount wins a penalty. Jorginho misses it. Which, to be honest, I didn't even care at that point because I was thinking if we lose three two, this is going to piss me off even more. Because we should be nowhere near in this game. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, if he sticks that away, we've got, I think it was over four minutes to go and chuck the kitchen sink at them, and uh, in a, in circumstances like that, we would have had one more chance, guarantee it. Um, just would have been whether we could have taken it. So, yeah, it was just a depressing game all round, really. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was just proper shit. Let's let's call a spade a spade. That was as bad as it's been under Frank. As bad, mm-hmm. it just hurt as well because you, we saw last year Frank got drilled it into these players how important these type of games were. You know, mm-hmm. we saw uh, you know two really good performances against Spurs in the league last season. I think we saw you know a big game against Spurs this year. They knew what was on the line. They just couldn't quite get over the line. And even Arsenal last year, we started poorly, but we actually you know reacted. There was no reaction until the. 85th minute, minute or whatever and how uh, yeah it, that just makes it even worse to be honest you're turning up with five minutes left um, it was embarrassing to be honest um, and I mean today today we improved definitely had a lot more heart out there it's just another frustrating result doesn't seem like anything seems to be um, sort of dropping to us and going our way at the moment yeah we're going to now move on to Arsenal Frank made the six changes. Reese was out for Aspi, so that kind of just suggests Reese was really rushed back in for Arsenal when he probably shouldn't have been. Uh, Silva was out, Zuma was out, Rudiger, Christensen came in, Dumb and Dumber joined the back line, but to be, uh, we'll get on to them a bit later. Jorginho was back in, Werner um, was dropped, Callum deservedly started, Giroud was the man back up top, he replaced Tammy. And Jack, to be fair, I thought that first half we played pretty well. You know, Villa didn't really, weren't really in the game much. Mendy had one save to make from Grealish. But we played pretty well. We had a lot of the ball. Um, yeah. Our first goal's, you know, nice. Chilwell crossing it in and there's Giroud to, to stoop home. And I thought, 
you know, this is a bit more like it. There was energy out there. You know, for once, I actually think we didn't really get overrun in the midfield with playing Jorginho mm-hmm. there. He actually was able to help us dictate the tempo quite well. Um, so, yeah, first half was, was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I felt pretty comfortable going into half-time. They didn't look, look like they were troubling us. Um, again, it goes back to, though, us not being clinical enough, if you like. Pulisic had a couple of chances. One of those we could have probably killed the game before half-time, but um, wasn't too worried going into into that half-time. I thought we'd still have enough in the second half. Um, and then, yeah, just give away a very, very sloppy goal. Yeah, the second half is pretty, pretty young. When Christensen challenges with Jack Grealish with a ball, uh, Grealish ends up with a ball, and surprise, surprise, there's Andreas Christensen on the deck. Also, surprise, surprise, he doesn't get up. Uh, Key the ball, going out to John McGinn. Is it John again? No, sorry, not John again. But someone whips in a ball and there is El Ghazi just unmarked at the back post, man. And this is where my mm. issue is because maybe, yes, Kante could attract him. But also, if Christensen gets up, he's got a chance to try get back in position, which means doesn't mean Aspie's left marking two people. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you I mean, know, not the best connection, but it just manages to squeeze through Mendy's legs. And you're thinking, 1-1, one, one, that hard work has just gone away now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was just... Another embarrassing moment. Um, if you don't see that from a centre back, do you? These days, you well, you can't. I mean, you see it from a wingers rolling about. You see someone like Z- I know Zaha's quality player, but he he likes to roll about sometimes in a whinge. Um, and you you just go back over the years at Chelsea, those big characters: John Terry, Gary Cahill, Ivanovic. You don't see them do that. Or if they if they go down and they've picked up a slight injury, they'll get straight back up, get back to position. And the next time the ball goes out, they'll go, go down to the floor and signal that they need some medical attention. You just don't you haven't seen that over the years from Chelsea. It's just it's just so weak. Um which I'm we've used to describe Christiansen many times before. Um and I'm sure there's a lot of other connotations people would use after that today. Um, like what you said, Nick, I think you, at the same time, you do have to look at the team and see and think he's down on the floor and he's been down on the floor for a, a couple of minutes at least. Um, and they've got to try and manage that better. Um, yeah, you you can sort of have a go at Kante for not getting back but it's one of those it's, it's it shouldn't be having to have shouldn't be having to do that but you you can look at that as well and say why have they not sorted that out between themselves and they've seen that um a centre back's down on the floor. Um although you've you can credit credit Grealish because that was a great run into the box that sort of dragged dragged Aspi um away from El Ghazi and a decent enough finish but um yeah, just another very frustrating goal for us to give away. Yeah, it was just frustrating. And I think, as Frank said in his interview, that's sort of just for luck we're sort of getting at the moment, really. That, you know, a few weeks ago, we don't concede that type of goal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was frustrating. And then after that, I'm trying to think of chances. Werner missed a good one. 
late on when you saw Skydo, but I'm trying to actually think of, I feel like we created a lot more in the first half, but then again in the second half, it just felt like we had a lot more, we had quite a lot of control, but we just didn't probably do enough with the ball. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a few, a couple of chances, but I wouldn't call them half chances. Um, they're just, they were weak shots again, like Kante gets into a position. Oh, yeah. And then Callum. Hits it. One, yeah. Callum as well, inside of the foot, trying to place it, but doesn't really test Martinez enough. Um, and then Chile. Chile has an absolutely cracking strike at the end. Um, thought that was going bins, but uh, again, not to be when it's not quite going your way. It's, it, they don't go in, do they? But um, yeah, like you said, probably not as many chances in the second half, but I do feel like we we probably did enough to win that game over the 90 minutes. Oh, no, I, I completely agree with you there. I think we can feel hard done by there, to be honest. And I also think mm-hmm. trying to be look at the positives from that, I think that's probably the best performance we've had since Leeds. I really yeah. do. I think today was better than West Ham because I actually mm-hmm. think with yeah, West definitely. Ham, a better team with the amount of ball West Ham had in that second half would have punished us. Mm-hmm. The reality was yeah. we, West Ham didn't really with all the ball didn't just, do enough. We just sort of yeah. yeah, we just sort of weathered the storm against them and then got two quick fire goals which completely killed the game. Um today we were pretty yeah. much completely in control really, weren't we? Yeah, no, exactly. And I thought we played well today, but obviously the issue for us is it's more drop points. I believe mm-hmm. if results go against us, we could potentially drop down to ninth. Which ain't which ain't a great look considering if we won today, we could have gone up to third. That's also now only four points from the last five games. Now, like you like listeners will know that like you and I both absolutely adore Frank Lampard. And we don't really want to have this conversation, but it's a conversation that's being had at the moment, certainly online. And I think it's only sort of fair we sort of like discuss it. Mm-hmm. But four points from five games. Frank Lampard in or out is loud raging quite a lot, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. How worried are you with the current situation and how close do you think perhaps say the board are to perhaps getting a bit trigger happy? Um, yeah, I mean, like you just said, four points from five games um, isn't good enough, is it? Um, and what have we had? Is it seven seven wins and nine draws or losses? Um, seven wins, five draws, four losses. Now, yeah, yeah, uh, which, quite frankly, isn't isn't top four form, is it? At the end of the day, um, I know there's so many different situations going on in the wider community in the world at the moment with COVID, etc., and that is going to have impacts on the season. And that's why we've seen all these all these funny results and um, inconsistency because you've got games coming thick and fast. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of it. It's this form isn't, isn't looking promising. Um, and we all know Roman, he is pretty, pretty quick to pull, pull the plug if it's not going very well and won't be frightened enough to make a change, um, which uh, I don't want to see happen. Uh, they've they've said about this so-called project um, and just banged on about it all the time. That's why they've brought Frank in. So if they if they're going by these words, they need to give him give him the time. We've said it before. Look look at Liverpool. It took Klopp quite a long time to get them going. 
Um, and now look at them, they're, they're flying. Um, so I think he, he deserves the time. Um, but I think if we, if we don't get that top four finish at the end of this season, uh, I don't want to see him go, but I think he could be in trouble. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you've said there. And I also think that, you know, we've sort, a lot of fans have sort of said for a while anyway that they want a project at Chelsea because, you know, the hiring, firing approach has had short-term success for long-term pain. We've seen Chelsea, you know, win, win cups in recent years, you know, win an FA Cup in Europa League, but it's come at the expense of, you know, falling so far away from the chasing pack, mm-hmm. falling, you know, ending up with a lot of, Deadwood that we can't offload. And I think as well, it, and this isn't me sort of, you know, saying, you know, I'm, Frank needs to say because of this reason, but I think if, you, if you're a manager and you see Chelsea with their project, abandoning that project and their manager, Frank Lampard, for, for all he means to Chelsea Football Club, and I know it shouldn't really be an emotional-based decision. It should be that you should probably attack, separate the manager from the player. But if you're going to sack someone like him, in his project, and you don't give him the opportunity to fill it, why would any other top manager go on and take a project like Chelsea, knowing that if Frank of all people isn't going to get time, given all the new signings he's brought okay. in as well, why, why no on earth would they get time? Mm-hmm. 100%. I just can echo exactly what you've said. It's so true. Um, like, uh, uh, yeah. You see, like, Thomas Tuchel's obviously been linked to Chelsea recently because, obviously, he's left Paris Saint-Germain. But, again, that's, you know, someone else who will come in who will want to play his own players, want to buy his own players, who, yeah, there might be, you know, form might pick up. But then, again, what happens when we hit a difficult patch? I think we've got to realise that, you know, we can't just, as soon as things get tough, we can't just immediately think, oh, we've, we need instant change. We need to change everything. I think we've actually got to try and weather the storm. And I do also think we talk about this. Part of that is the culture gro- for Chelsea fans growing up because we've been used to this yeah. higher fire approach. So there's no patience. But realistically, no. if, you're, if you're a Chelsea fan now, who do you want to take over from Frank Lampard? Genuine question, because I see Thomas Tuchel. I see Julian Nagelsmann. I like Julian Nagelsmann. I think he will be a top manager. I think he's doing a great job at Leipzig. But again, if he comes to Chelsea, that's another project. That's another mm-hmm. time where you've got to be patient and give him time. And in a way, you almost go back to square one. Admittedly, yes, he'll have better players to work with than Frank did at the start. But again, but you're gonna, said, yeah. You're going to be spending, he's going to be spending another 100, 200 million and we'll be in the exact same situation. It's just seems like a bit of a cycle, doesn't it? Well, that's what it's been for the last 15 years. Exactly. I think realistically, while I get people are concerned with the current form and Frank, and I am, I'm not, you know, saying, you know, Frank is definitely going to turn this around because we don't know. We hope he does. He's shown mm-hmm. that he can because last season we had a run where we lost five games and set, we lost five of our seven league games or something in December or around that time. So he, he has shown that he can be the person to sort of turn things, you know, his team sort of have had difficult periods, but he has gone through it. But also like, just try and think logically where do we go after Frank mm-hmm. where where is that option really that this yeah, like it's just give him time look at the end of the season if we don't get top four if Frank go if 
if Frank doesn't get top four at the end of the season, he gets that. I can't complain with that. I can be yeah. disappointed that he's not been given the whole three-year project. I can be sad yeah. that he's not been a success at Chelsea. But I can't argue and like really complain about him going because he's not built on last season. He's take, exactly. He would have taken us from fourth with a weaker team yeah. to outside the top four. And while I know, again, there are circumstances around it, he does have a better team than mm-hmm. it is currently producing. So I am completely, completely wary of those stats. But look, I think with Frank, just try and be patient on him. I think yeah. if you want a project, if all these people, if you want a project, and then as soon as things get tough, you want to change course, then I'm sorry, but one, having a project clearly isn't for you. Because you've, you've got to be willing to suffer and accept that it's not, there's going to be bumps along the way. Because again, yeah. I'm not saying Lampard's going to be a success like Klopp is. I've got no, because Klopp, Klopp was proven before. But Klopp's Liverpool, in his first two full seasons, secured top four on the last day of the season. For, how, for however people bigged them up and said how good they were, his Liverpool side, those first two full seasons in Premier League, secured top four on the final day by beating Middlesbrough and by beating Brighton, I believe. Those were the teams, they, but it went to the last day. For all how good it was, the fine margin, you know, there's fine margins there as well. If results yeah. go a different way, who knows what happens? So I do think there needs to be patience with Frank and just give him the season. Look, if it if form like dr- doesn't improve at all in the next like you know s- several games and top four, it becomes clear that we're in real real danger of missing out. Then yeah, fair enough. I maybe it's the time. But right now, it's still early in the season. We're not even halfway through. Mm-hmm. You know, we've played what sixteen games now. Yes, it's not a great start. Yes, it's our second worst start to the Bramwich era after that horrible season under Jose in fifteen sixteen. But there are extenuating circumstances. There are freak results. Teams are doing better than they probably should be doing. You know, West Ham shouldn't be this high up this season. Southampton probably shouldn't be this high up. Everton probably shouldn't be this high up. There are there are results happening, and again. People were talking about Jose Mourinho's Spurs side being title challengers weeks ago. They've played four games since, and I know they'll probably beat Fulham tomorrow or when this is out, but they've played four games and they've drawn two and lost two. In that same run, the four games prior to today, Chelsea have picked up more points than Spurs. So just be, maybe just try and relax a tiny, tiny bit because I don't think the situation is ever as good as it is when people are bigging up this unbeaten run. I don't think it was ever like as good as it was. Jack and I, you Jack, you know, we've been asked, we were asked many weeks running, are we in a title charge? Can we chance for the title? And we said, why not? But the start, but we kind of always played it down because we knew it was going to be a tough ask and we didn't have too big expectations for this season. But also, I don't think the situation is ever as bad as it is because if a few different results have like gone our way, if we won today, we're third, and the mood of this podcast is very, very different to what you like. What you guys are going to hear? Mm-hmm. It's just such fine margins this season. That's 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 the the bottom line of it. You win that, or you win against Arsenal the other day. We go second. I know teams had games in hand. Um, but then we'd gone, we'd go second, and people would be singing his praises again. It, oh, exactly. You just can't win with people. People like to throw their toys out of the pram very quickly when there isn't uh, 
immediate success, uh, which, like we've alluded to, we've been very used to since since we've grown up. Um, pretty much winning at least the trophy pretty much every single season. Um, so you you can understand people's frustrations, but when you've got a young manager and you've, you've said about this project and kept banging on and on about it, you need to give the bloke time. Like you said, Nick, I think he, he needs to be given it to the end of the season and then they can... Um, make a decision there if we haven't got top four, etc. Um but again it's a freak season. You never know. They could just look at that and say, it's a freak season. We'll give them another season if we haven't got top four. Um I still back us to get that if we can if providing we can um pick up a run of form again. Um and today's got to be the starting block of that. That was a decent performance overall. I know it's disappointing we've dropped points at home. Uh, but again, you've got to look at look at the table and look at Villa. They've been absolutely flying this season. And if they win their two games in hand, they go second. So you sort of have to put everything into perspective. Um but yeah, it it was it's been a tough few weeks to say the least. Um and we'll have to see if we even play on the third of January with City, you know, and Morecambe with these COVID cases, we might uh have a few postponements and to be honest, I think that could actually do us do us some good getting some time on the training ground to properly train. I know they didn't train for this game today, yesterday, had the day off and Pretty much since since September, they're probably training once between matches because we're literally having a match every two or three days. So that time could be could be uh, pretty pretty useful, I think. Yeah, my final point on this: we've got a young, inexperienced manager who's in his third season of management, and we've got a young squad. People look at the signings we made and go, yeah, it's brilliant. But you've also got to remember, a lot of these players are young as well and haven't actually won anything and aren't like used to being at that, like really playing for the top, top level. We've got young fullbacks in Ben Chilwell and Reese James. We've got a potentially, you know, a young midfielder, Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. Tammy up front's young. Timo Werner's only 24. It's still a young squad. But while the, you know, right now, this, the reason why this restraint is because the potential this Chelsea squad can be we know this Chelsea squad could, could in the future be really good and challenge, but it's also still a young squad and you're going to get inconsistencies no matter how good all these like, players we sign from other clubs are. Just because they sign from other clubs and not from our academy doesn't mean they're going to be you know, flawless every game. They are going to be inconsistent. We're gonna, like, I want to talk about positives because we've talked long enough on Frank. I'm going to talk about positives. I thought Kai Havertz, when he came on today, he looked, like, he looked more like it. He looked like mm-hmm, he wanted definitely. to get into it. His touch was better. He wasn't as slow. He wasn't as languid. I thought Christian mm-hmm. Pulisic was good today. He was, try- he was trying things. If he, you know, missed a great chance in the first half when he was through with Martinez, he controls that better. If he takes that better, who knows? And I thought a special mention to Callum Hudson-Odoi, the one, one of the few players who was good against Arsenal. And he was, he, took, he was there again today and he was trying things. He was brave on the ball. There was a confidence. There was a swagger about him, wasn't there, Jack? Definitely. And that's what you... You want to see from Callum, um, 
that's what he had a couple of seasons ago under Sari uh, when he was brought through. Um, yeah, like you said, just to see him again driving at players, taking people on, um, that's what you want from your wingers. And we've been crying out to play play actual wingers rather than your striker or your number eight or ten out there. Um, and other parts of the game I thought were quality from him today. There was a point, I think it was a corner, we lost the ball. Villa could have had a counter-attack and it was him tracking back, showing the desire to get back and make a challenge, put his foot in. And that's what he's got to do to prove to Frank that he deserves to start more games. Because it is hard It is hard for him out there. Um, it seems like he's got, got to sort of play... Uh, just play ridiculously good to get a start after he's been given one start to sort of retain his place. Um, but I thought, again, he put in a quality shift today for us. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'll sort of draw a comparison you made about on Amazon, they were constantly going about Bertrand Chore not help tracking back and helping Matty Cash out. And you had Callum tracking back and helping his team out. You had Callum, you know, helping out in the defensive phase. That was a really, really strong performance from Callum today. Definitely. And, and people... it's, it's, it's so easy for those commentators. They'll pick it up when someone's not doing it and they'll get into them like trial rate today. But when the, when the winger does do the tracking back, does put in that effort, helps their fullbacks out, helps the team out, they'll never highlight that, do they? No, exactly. And people, look, again, I realise the issue what people are going to take today as well, they're going to lump it in with the last few results. And I understand that, the fact that form isn't great and, you know, it's a stick to bat Frank with. But if you look at today in isolation, that was a good performance. We were unlucky not to win. I'm sorry if anyone disagrees with me, but if Andreas Christensen isn't on the floor, we might win. Well, actually, I think we win that game because, yes, John McGinn hits for bar. Maybe on another day that goes in. But apart from that, Villa didn't create anything. We played well. We missed chances. If Chilwell scores that screamer in the last minute, the mood on Twitter and everywhere is so different. We're saying we're third in the league. Believe in Frank. You know, the project is fine, man. It's the small margins. And, like, context is something that people keep missing out on. How many, like, I know if it keeps happening again, like, you know, it is a bit of an issue. But we, you, we were minutes away from beating Southampton and the picture is different. If we didn't have that horror first 30 minutes against West Brom, the picture's different. There's just these points in games that unfortunately have cost us. But also our start of the season, our slow start of the season, has also sort of affected people's judgment. Because if we beat in Southampton, if we beat in West Brom, this run of form wouldn't have we had recently wouldn't have been as fatal. Would have just been a little blip, wouldn't it? Because it would have been, been our first blip. Yeah. First because little uh, signs because we'd of be weakness. higher up in the league. Because we'd be higher up in the league. We'd have, if we'd beat, beaten Southampton West Brom, we'd have four more points. You know, we'd probably be, we'd have been second or third or, you know, in the title mix before those games. The issue with the games is it's compounded by the fact we didn't have the best start to the season. If you look at it, we've played, in the whole of the season, we have played more well, better than we have been poor. For me, anyway. So, look, just patience with it. We'll get there. It's frustrating. It's slow. Just honestly keep the faith because if you're looking at today and thinking it's the end of the world, then football isn't for you. I'm sorry. If you look at today and you're deciding Chelsea, Chelsea are finished, Frank's done, what's this, you know, we need a change of manager, then give your head a wobble. 
because today is not the, the today's game was not the game for Pete for your for your mind to make that decision for one game to change your mind on that because we played well and unfortunately luck's not with us and we didn't win right rant over <laughs> we're gonna end now just on some non-football related questions to try and cheer the mood up first question comes in from our good friend Kamal who asks what is the best type of chocolate Jack chocolate cool Specific chocolate bar or brand or what? Just go. I'll with probably say. Oof, I'll probably say. I'll probably say Galaxy to be honest. Ooh, the silky is, smooth Galaxy. That's very tasty. Yeah, I I'm a big. I'm a Cadbury's man as well. I'm a Nestle man. Oh, it's tough. It's but tough. then, if you it's have so... a box of celebra- box of celebrations, the Maltesers in those, you cannot beat that. Exactly. And also, you know, at Christmas time, you get maybe get those lint reindeer or you get those pack of lint balls. Happy days, man. So, look, all I will say is UK chocolate is a lot better than American chocolate. And Kamal will agree <laughs> on me with this. And for the people in, in the lump of food chat, this one is directly aimed at you boys. But UK chocolate is better than American chocolate. <laughs> right. Next question comes in from McKellar and I've got a specific description when reading out this his name on this because he wants us to promote a message as well so he says occupy Mars and please stream don't doubt your vibe hashtag in Musk we trust he is a big Elon Musk fanboy there for anyone who sort of missed out his question is if you have one piece of technology from any movie what would it be and why I'll expand this to television series as well um Jack um when I first heard it, I thought I'd uh, say the wand in Harry Potter, but I know that's magic, so that doesn't count. Um, I probably, I don't like Doctor Who, never liked that, uh, but I probably would pick the TARDIS in Doctor Who because then you can time travel to wherever you want. Uh, and it would be nice to time travel to uh, the end of the season and hopefully see us be in the top four. <laughs> Exactly. It may be a deep run in the Champions League and an FA Cup to boot as well. Who knows? Um, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of... Happy you know, days. Happy days. Take, sign me up for that now. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of options here. You know, I guess uh, basic Star Wars, having a lightsaber would be pretty cool. Having Darth Maul's double, double lightsaber would be pretty cool. Um, I'm going to... I am a quite a big Marvel fan and I do love Iron Man's suit because it's fucking awesome. And also the fact that you can control it and not be in the suit at the same time. So, and also he made Spider-Man's dope suit as well, did Tony Stark. So, yeah, I've got, got to go. I'll go Iron Man suit. But yeah, there's a lot of good options there. And the final question comes in from American Hooligans who asks, what is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Jack. Um, <laughs> I'll say when you, I don't know if you're in a shopping centre, wherever you could be, anywhere. If, you, if you're opening the door for someone uh, and then, or someone's opening the door for you and you've got to do a, that, little, that little jog to the door, that is something that makes everyone look very stupid. Yeah, no, I agree there. Um, stuff for pe- things that make people look stupid. People who take selfie sticks to football games look stupid. <laughs> people who take photos on their iPad instead of their mobile phone look stupid. People who, if they drop something on the floor and desperately scrabble around for it, say, and the wind picks up like a plastic bag, look stupid. So uh, hopefully there are some 
good questions. What else is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Being very reactionary after one game of football is something that everyone looks stupid doing. So keep the faith, people. And on that note, that will wrap it up for this Chelsea podcast. It's a shorter episode than usual. There's no special guest. I apologise today, but it's just a bit more Jack and I just having a talk and just sort of a bit of a rant, just getting some things off our chest. This is the last podcast episode of 2020. And while 2020 has been an absolute shit show and a shit year for everyone else, something good has come out of it. But Jack and I have started the podcast. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good thing for some people. Maybe you don't like this podcast. Who knows? But if you're listening, hopefully you do. Uh, so from Jack and me, I want to say a big thanks for all the love and support you've shown us on the podcast. A big love and thanks to all the guests we've had on the podcast this year in 2020. Hopefully 2021 will be a brighter year for everyone. Hopefully Chelsea will get off to a good start in 2021. Hopefully we'll take the pod to new lengths on 2021. And uh, yeah, I just want to say, everyone, thanks for your support this year and have a good one. Until the next episode of every, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.